Uh, good morning. It's um, Friday, October 1st. Uh, we've just started the trading day, uh, and there's a lot to catch up on. Uh, maybe we review back over the quarter here just a little bit, but you know, a lot of people would call this uh, quarter disappointing from a financial markets perspective. I would call it relatively transitory as we are rotating from a uh, reopening of the economy based upon a cooling of the coronavirus and, and all the stimulus we've had to one that's a more self-sustaining uh, economic recovery. But nonetheless, uh, stock prices were depressed, um, particularly uh, in the month of September, and the S&P 500 uh, fell just a touch for the quarter. Small cap stocks did even worse, and emerging market stocks were, were, the, were the bottom performers. But still on a year-to-date basis, the S&P 500 is up over 15%. Small cap stocks, as measured by the Russell 2000, are still up 11%. International large cap stocks are still up over 6 to 7%. And the emerging market stocks, held back by all the problems over in China, are only up 1% year-to-date. The quarter also masks quite a bit of move in the interest rate level. Uh, the 10-year Treasury started the quarter at just a little less than 1.5%. It ends the quarter at just a little less than 1.5%, but it fell almost 30 basis points during the month as the coronavirus cases around the globe surged and the growth forecasts were coming down. Inflation peaked, probably, uh, with CPI coming in at 5.4% twice, and then most recently at 5.3%. And we've recently got in the personal consumption expenditure indexes in just yesterday. The personal consumption expenditure index is the inflation index that the Fed tends to focus on. It came in at 4.3% on a year-over-year -year basis. That's the highest inflation rate we've had since 1991. And on a core basis, it also equals uh, the same amount of inflation that we had back in 1991. So that's, you know, 30 years ago. You have to look back to find inflation statistics like that. What are we looking towards, though, going forward from here? Um, I think the number one, you know, factor to focus on still is the coronavirus. Now, the coronavirus cases, you know, bottomed in June, not only here in the United States, but globally. They, they rose rapidly in July and August. Um, probably up by over 50% globally, up by a lot more than that here domestically. But in the last month, they've been coming down and down and down, down about 30 to 35%, depending upon you know, where you live, what part of the world. That's probably the biggest driver of growth going forward to the extent that it stole growth from the third quarter as we shut things down or had to socially distance, where frankly the ports in Vietnam and Malaysia were, were, were literally came to a halt, as they began to you know, open up and, and bring back some capacity. So we expect growth in the fourth quarter to increase from whatever it was in the third quarter, and there are a lot of guesses as to what it was, probably in the low threes, high fours, something like that. But growth in the third quarter just basically gets transitioned probably to the fourth quarter. Inflation is peaking. Now, it's also a lot stickier than people thought, and it's a lot stickier than the Fed thought, and you can even hear it in their voice now, too. They've grown to realize that you know inflation is with us uh, more on a going-forward basis than, than they'd hoped. Uh, that has caused interest rates to rise. And that's probably the biggest risk to any economic outlook that we have is how fast interest rates are likely to rise. Let's face it, the stock market is a bit of a levered investment. As those interest rates came down, you're willing to pay more and more for a dollar of earnings, and that drove stock prices up. So to the extent that interest rates rise, we would imply that generally the market has about a 10% delta. In other words, about 10% of the market move is driven by about a 1% change in interest rates. So as interest rates rise, uh, probably over the, uh, the, the last half of the year, uh, the last quarter of the year, and, and, and into next year, you're going to get some pressure on stock prices, offset hopefully by a lot of earnings growth. Now, there's some wild cards in all this mix, too. I think the biggest wild card in the near term is our own government. 
We've got to extend the debt limits. Um, uh, Fitch just put out a warning today that they're likely to downgrade the government unless they, you know, come to come to a quick agreement here on extending the debt limit. You might recall in 2011 uh, that uh, S&P uh, downgraded our uh, debt from AAA to AA1 uh, because of the same wrangling we had uh, back in 2011. Um, you've got the situation in China, and clearly we talked a little bit about Evergrande the last time, uh, but this is not going away. Uh, Evergrande, the largest or second largest property developer in, in China, is still under a great deal of pressure. Um, and while we think that these problems are largely contained to China, uh, to the extent that China slows, the rest of the world feels its impact. Clearly, the emerging markets that supply almost all the goods and services right into the Chinese economy feel the slowdown. And as property becomes less and less important to China, prices might come down uh, and uh, hurt their growth. Uh, and at the margin, China has been the big driver of growth you know, around the world. And then the third, probably biggest wild card, I still think, is you know inflation. How much will it cool and how much will it pull interest rates up? Housing prices have been driven up largely by lower interest rates. We've talked about stock prices being driven up. Even the inflation itself has been driven up by lower interest rates. And we do expect to see some pressure on interest rates. And so the speed or, or rapidity of uh, uh, how quickly this, this, this occurs going forward is probably key uh, to the market's outlook. So we'll think about that. We've got China to focus on. We've got inflation and interest rates to focus on. And we've got our own government to focus on. That still doesn't mean the outlook isn't awfully bright. We expect employment to grow. We expect growth to increase. We expect inflation to peak and continue to roll over. And hopefully the transition to a higher interest rate environment is uh, rather moderate and slow, which affords us you know, a, a rather positive outlook for the financial markets. We'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about the start of the fourth quarter and any changes we might have to our rather positive economic outlook.